What's up, Dreamwares? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And it's May. We finished our theme of movies that make you wet back in mm-hmm. April. Um, we weren't going to do a theme for this month, but then we kind of decided off the top of our heads that we were going to do one. Um, no official title, but I got well, I guess kind of. But uh, yeah, we're we're dubbing this theme. Why haven't we done this yet? Yeah, um, not really a theme, but I don't know. It's just uh, yeah, it's movies that like we haven't done that are super popular that we we both really enjoy. So mm-hmm. yeah. exactly, yeah, head scratchers on why it's taken us this long to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this week it's my pick. And we're doing Sinister from 2012. Yeah, good year, uh, good it, year. It was a good time period for movies. Yeah, the world like we, was supposed to end. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? Was that the Mayan calendar? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, the world's been ending for a while now. Yeah. And we just get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like we, what did we have? We had like Insidious in 2010, this in 2012. I think The Conjuring was 2013. Yeah, it was just like a good five year span for yeah. horror. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, before we we really dive into this episode, though, you have exciting news. Yeah. Do you wish uh, to share? So. Uh... I am recording from my new house. Yes. Uh, my fiance and I bought a house and we uh, moved in last, almost a week ago now. Saturday. Um, yeah. We officially got the house on Thursday. We slept True. on a mattress in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, they got a few uh, new additions. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, fireflies or whatever. They are uh, a gift from one of my friends. And then mm-hmm. this one I bought at a Comic-Con uh, about a month or so ago. Yep. Um, and then over here I have, well, I will have. A blue wall. <laughs> a blue wall, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll have some other stuff on that side too, but yeah. yeah. Nice. So how's everything been going? You've been there for pretty much a week now. Yeah. You got everything unpacked yet or? Not yet. No, I still have to. uh Put my movie shelves up like uh put movies on it i just want to secure them to the wall this yeah. time you know <laughs> just gotta secure case. my bookshelf to the wall too we just gotta yeah it's gotta do some stuff nice got a tv on order for the the, live, the, dine, the living room so did you get the 75 incher yeah yeah you did get it yeah you're yeah. fucking you're a madman that's crazy <laughs> good for you thanks man thanks uh, yeah, so lots of stuff happening. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Um, all right, cool, cool. Well, uh guess we'll hop into the booze and news. Uh, we could have used that as our news segment, really. We could have. We could have. We could have. Yeah. Fucking missed <laughs> opportunity. But anyways, here we go. What are you drinking? Uh, so I am drinking a Ashton Brewing Company 
blueberry wheat. Mm, I saw that whenever we were moving you. I, yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I believe I've had this one before. So nice, nice. Uh, I'm drinking Cottage Springs watermelon vodka soda. Nice. Got the uh, seltzers going. Yeah, I bought a case the other day, and Dude, I saw a uh, a billboard for these. I want to try them. I'm not much of like a seltzer guy. Like I do like those crack new ones or whatever they are, but yeah. uh, it's a Coors Light seltzer and it's slushy flavors. Oh, which I don't know. Do they have slushies in the states? Or they just they have to. Well, yeah, it might be a different brand. I don't know. Like slushy up might here, be like sl- like slush poppies. It's like uh, an yeah. icy, basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Coors Light has uh, slushy flavors for seltzers. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Do you like? If you could like make a slushy out of them, mm-hmm. it'd be deadly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what have you been watching? You've been busy. I'm assuming have, not a whole lot. Uh, quite a bit, actually. Okay. So I've been on a kind of a kick lately. I've a, a new bed routine now, <laughs> I guess. Okay. I've been off work. Um, so I've been watching uh, a lot of uh, comedies. <laughs> and actually, I just okay. realized I forgot to log a comedy. So I will do that after this. Uh, yeah, watched uh, Date Night. Nice. Uh, with Steve Carell, Tina Fey. I forgot how many people were in that stat cast. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny. Uh, dude, where's my car? Uh, <laughs> Bettina had never seen it. And I used to watch that movie so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so bad, but it's so fucking good, man. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I liked this movie, but I don't know. It's just kind of okay. Mm. I've only watched I li- it once. I like the, the actors in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been continuing my Rocky franchise watch because I've only ever watched the first Rocky. So okay. I watched Rocky 2 for the first time. Um, I thought it was pretty good. It was kind of slow and like there's really only one fight at the very end. Mm. But I do like the kind of build up with Rocky's story and how like he retired and then, you know, he's trying to get along, a but he just can't do it in like, the real world like he can't hold a steady job he's mm-hmm. not he's not like that smart i don't know it's uh what <laughs> you're giving him too much credit okay he's not uh, that smart no he's fucking stupid yeah but uh <laughs> but i liked it i'm excited to watch rocky three because uh, i think that's like the best one that in the franchise at least like what people say it's up there is it, is it rocky three or rocky four three okay. uh wait yeah three 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 Okay, yeah. Three's yeah. the one with Ivan Drogo. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, then watch the proposal. Uh nice. okay. Yeah, I've seen it before, but mm. yeah. Um, watch Along Came Polly. Uh been a while since I've seen that, but it's okay. It's pretty funny. And then another zoo uh Ben Siller movie, I forgot the log, it was uh Zoolander. Nice. Um <laughs> I don't know, man. I used to love that movie, but it is not good. No, I, no, I don't. I don't find it as funny as I used to. Okay, um, it's still pretty funny, but yeah, it's been a minute since uh, I watched it. Yeah, um, what's his name? Uh, Alexander Skarsgård looks so young and skinny in that movie. I forgot he was in that. 
Yeah, he plays one of the uh, the roommates that dies in the, the yeah. gasoline fight. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The freak gasoline fight accident. Yeah, yeah. Great song. It is, yeah. But anyways, what have you been watching? Uh, absolutely nothing. Okay. <laughs> I texted you last night or the other night. I was like, I just watched Sinister and realized I have watched not a single thing since we last recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping up with my Bob's Burgers nightly watch i've uh, been nice. reading quite a bit um i re-downloaded star wars jedi fallen order because i want to play the second one and i never beat the first one so yeah been playing yeah. that and yeah i mean hockey playoffs helping you move kind of oh and our little book club our book club yes yes uh, I finished reading. Finished, yeah. I finished reading Intercepts from uh, T.J. Payne. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend this if you are a horror novel reader or a reader of any type. Actually, yeah. um, it's a very good book. I really. Enjoyed I'm it. like halfway through, mm-hmm. and I had a theory as to what it was, but it totally went in a different direction than I thought it was going to go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of want to pick your brain and see what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, uh yeah. But yeah. Yeah, we're doing that with uh Felicia and mm-hmm. two chicks and mm-hmm. Erica from Horror Cafe. Yeah. Uh so I mean if there's any readers out there that want to join our book clubs, we can uh put it in our, our link tree or something if you want, maybe yeah. to join up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're using that app, but I mean we haven't really used it. No, I just, add, just I looked at the today this tonight and like we haven't even added intercept to it. Oh, really? <laughs> so I added that to like more reading. I didn't even put the review of Brother on there yet, so I did okay. that. And then I think of a book that I want to do um, for one of our next ones because I'm not sure whose turn it is to recommend a book. Mm-hmm. But I want to do clown clowns in the cornfield. Yes, I really want to read that too. Yeah. Um. So. I was going through my Kindle Unlimited today because it like recommends books based on what you've read. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole shit ton that I've seen on like book talk and everything. So yeah. I want to start adding some of them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't have Kindle Unlimited, I highly recommend it. You get 10 free books a month. Yeah. Um, you don't own them. You just like kind of rent them. And after you finish reading them, you have to like return them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you get 10 free books and it's not yeah. it's not any book. It's just books that are yeah. available yeah. on there. But it's I think it's worth mm-hmm. it. I think it's like nine bucks a month. Yeah, that's how I found the Intercept book. And it's kind of a funny yeah. story because like <laughs> I was at a hockey game or whatever. And then like I saw Intercepts and I like put him on to read. And then like I put in the group chat like, hey, check this book Intercepts. And then he was like, oh, scroll up. And you guys had picked it for the, the book. Club. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, this worked out perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad we picked that one though. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, it's good so far. Um, as for news, I'm a degenerate and forgot to really get anything good. But uh, Renfield and the Pope's Exorcist and Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves are all available on VOD as of yesterday. <clears throat> so I haven't checked out the prices on them. I imagine they're probably going to be like the twenty five dollar rentals. But yeah, um, um, I got some news actually. Okay. Uh, today is actually a pretty big day in the movie world, not really the horror movie world, but the Dune Part 2 trailer dropped today. Oh, that's right. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but mm-hmm. uh, probably going to be one of the biggest movies of the year. 
I think so. The cast has just got like 10 times crazier <laughs> the people they added for it yeah yeah they're saying it's going to be better than the first one mm-hmm. which is tough to beat in my opinion yeah um they announced the official runtime for the new uh into the spider-verse movie as oh, well did they it's gonna be two hours and 20 minutes nice so nice. it's gonna be nice and long yeah um, and we got an official release date for the Twisted Metal TV series. That'll be okay, dropping yeah. on Peacock on July 27th. I wonder where it's going to be up here. I don't know, but I hope we can watch it. Yeah, me too. Because I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of weird that Anthony Mackie signed on for it. I mean, he isn't really doing too much after Marvel, right? That's true. That's true. And it probably is going to be a big series. Like, I feel like it's going to be popular. Yeah. Not like hugely popular, but yeah. I don't know. And Samoa Joe is playing fucking Sweet (laughs) Tooth. That's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Love that. And uh, Will Arnett, I think, is voicing him or doing the Will Arnett Mm -hmm. is he's in the cast list as Sweet Tooth. I don't oh, know okay. what his role is going to be if he's doing the voice or if there's like maybe a flashback scene or mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right. What do we got for 4Ks? Uh, 4K, not that much. Um, uh, Deep Impact, I've, I've never seen, but I know it's okay. a pretty popular movie. Mm-hmm. Um, another random horror movie that. I've never heard of. I don't know how it's getting a 4K release, but <laughs> has a terrible rating. The movie called Skyline. <clears throat> and IMDb, the synopsis is Strange Strange Lights descend on the city of Los Angeles, drawing people outside like moss to a flame, where an extraterrestrial force threatens to swallow the entire human population off the face of the earth. Didn't that? Is this something I'm thinking? Of? It came out like, like the 2010s. 2010, yeah. 2010, yeah. yeah I yeah. feel like I have seen that. Has a 4.5 IMDb. Um, it has like a couple people in it. Like mm-hmm. it has Donald Faison. Maybe he's not really that popular, yeah. but uh, Eric Balfour. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think I do remember seeing that. Yeah. Um, but then another movie, a Criterion Collection, The Wings of Desire. I've never heard of it, but uh, and then it looks like uh, Disney released um, the original trilogy on 4K uh, for the 100th anniversary of Disney. Uh, three steel books of episode four, five, and six, and uh, they're pretty sick looking, actually. That'd be. Is it does it come as a box set or are they all separate? No, they're all separate. I mean, now that I look at them, they're kind of and they could have done more with it. Kind of generic. I can't see it. Yeah. Oh. Focus. Oh. Ah, I kind of like it. And like the other ones, this the episode five has Yoda instead of R2, and the last one has Darth Vader instead of them. Hmm. I kind of I kind of dig it. Yeah. It's so. very like clean basic look but that's true yeah but yeah that's it nothing too crazy cool yeah all right well let's cue the music and dive in
we said in the intro this week we are talking about sinister from 2012 starting off with a synopsis a controversial true crime writer finds a box of super eight home videos in his new home revealing that the murder case he is currently researching could be the work of an unknown serial killer whose legacy dates back to the 1960s (sighs) serial killer eh yeah. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, the movie's directed by Scott Derrickson, who oh has made a huge name for himself the past couple yeah. of years. Uh, most recently, he's directed The Black Phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did Doctor Strange, Deliver Us from Evil, The Day the Earth Stood Still, and Hellraiser Inferno, which I forgot about. And I just, I just did a franchise watch that last year. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the worst movie on his resume <laughs> but I think it was like one of his first movies that he directed so oh, okay. we'll give him a pass yeah. uh, he has a lot of upcoming pro- projects too I saw um, that he's doing Labyrinth 2 that's the one that like, stood out to me is he it Labyrinth few... 2 or is it like a reboot that says Labyrinth 2 oh because whenever I saw it it said Untitled Labyrinth Project yeah, yeah, Lazarus 2 is the title. Hmm. Um, he's doing a VHS uh, 85 yeah. segment, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I'm excited to see what he's got coming up, especially yeah. Labyrinth. That could be interesting, his direction. Because mm-hmm. I love the original one. I've never seen it. Oh, you're missing out. Uh, the cast, we have Ethan Hawke playing Ellison, mm-hmm. who is also in the Black Phone. Um, Training Day, uh, I just put the before trilogy, but it's like before sunset, before sunrise, and before after sun- sunset. After sunset, sure. Yeah. Um, you've watched them, haven't you? Yeah, I watched them for the first time last year. They're really yeah. good, actually. Are they? Oh, yeah, really good, yeah. Hmm. Maybe I'll check them out. Uh, he's in The Northman and The Purge. Mm-hmm. Next, I have Juliet Rylance. Rylance. She plays Tracy. Um, she's in Perry Mason, American Gothic, and Animal. Uh, Fred Thompson plays the sheriff. Uh, he's in Baby's Day Out, Curly Sue, Cape Fear, Days of Thunder, Die Hard 2. Um, he started off pretty late in the game. Like uh, He's an older guy, and mm-hmm. he didn't start acting until like, the late 80s. I was kind of surprised to see that. But yeah, he's been in some pretty big movies. And lastly, I have James Ransone. Ransone? Ransone? I don't know. Uh, He played Deputy So-and-so. Yeah, Deputy So-and-so. That's how he was addressed. Uh, He's in Sinister 2. He was in The Black Phone, which I don't remember him. I don't remember his character in that. I think he might have been the brother, like Ethan Hawke's brother. Oh, okay, okay. Or cousin? Was it his cousin? That was his brother. Yeah, it was his brother. Uh, he was also in It Chapter 2. 
the prom night remake and oh, that's all i have for him but uh, i loved his character in this movie oh he's yeah. good yeah me too just like really wants to help out yeah yeah um, I didn't have any honorable mentions. I don't know if you do or not. What? Really? Who? Vincent fucking D'Onofrio? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was watching the movie and I didn't even clue in that it was him. Really? Was like, this guy looks really familiar, but he's got like a full beard and like He's talking to him on a webcam, so his picture's all kind of fucked up. I guess. Cut me some slack. Okay. But uh, we've got Chester the Chihuahua. Yeah, he's a big honorable mention. Yeah. He was in Transformers. Really? He played the uh, the dog with a broken leg. Yeah. Yeah. The young was and the restless. The, was he the Taco Bell dog, too? No, that dog's probably a long time dead. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Remember Beverly Hills Chihuahua? I don't remember that? if I ever. I probably have watched it, but <laughs> was there like three of them? Yeah, I think so. At least. Yeah. What a stupid fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I hate Chihuahuas. Mm-hmm. Fucking pieces of shit. They're one of the most aggressive dogs. I know they're dicks, man. They are. I hate them. Like you can't trust them. No, they're no. fucking big bulging eyes and they're fucking <laughs> weird ass ears and I don't know stupid mm-hmm. <sighs> all right let's talk about this movie let's talk about it uh yeah so this movie I've only seen this is my like third watch of it I think okay um I saw it when it like first came out and then I hadn't watched it until like I want to say last year mm-hmm I think, okay. and then this this watch again. So it nice. has been like a while since I've uh, done like a double watch of it. When, yeah. What were you? I've watched it a f- quite a few times. Okay. Um, I watched it quite a bit whenever it first came out because, like, I was all in on that genre mm-hmm. in the early 2010s. Like, like how the movies that I mentioned before. Like, I watched a lot of those like religiously. Yeah. Um, this one a little less than The Conjuring and Insidious, but. Mm-hmm. Still really enjoyed it. Yeah. Still and this movie has picked up a lot of steam in like the past couple of years because mm-hmm. it was dubbed the scariest movie ever made, like according to science. <laughs> I was I was gonna bring that up because which like I can kind of believe. Yeah. Yeah, because in 2020, Forbes magazine conducted a study um where they uh they hooked up like heart rate monitors to people watching a whole bunch of horror movies. Mm-hmm. And out of 35 films, this movie won. Um, the average heart rate was 86 beats per minute and it mm-hmm. spiked at 131 beats per minute, Damn, which is crazy. Like that's yeah. a workout, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. my resting heart rate is 65 mm-hmm. according mm-hmm. to my Apple watch. So like, uh, okay. For the average heart rate to be at 86 throughout the whole movie. Yeah. It's like a brisk walk. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And that spike. Yeah. There's some pretty interesting trivia with this movie too. Like, like dangerous shit, man. Oh, really? 
Yeah, so I'm guessing with like the opening scene with the fucking sawing the tree branch. Yeah, so that's one that I have. Um, the family that was hanged on in the tree, they were all played by stuntmen. Um, however, when the scene was first done, the stunt coordinator botched the preparations for the scene, and the fucking actors were legit like hanging there, like Jesus choking, Christ. choking out. Yeah, Jesus. Um, yeah, the stunt coordinator was fired, obviously, but <laughs> fucking wild. Um, wow. and then the the pool party scene too, like that snuff film. Yeah. Um, the actors and actresses were actually tied down to those chairs and like pulled into the fucking water. Fuck and that. yeah and at one point like we see bagul in the water and he's yeah. legit in the water like he had to wear weights and he was like standing down at the bottom of the pool that's insane yeah because all this shit was filmed on like super eight film so like they yeah. couldn't they couldn't use special effects with it. they actually had to do this shit yeah that's insane fucking crazy man but yeah this movie like opens up like scares right off the stop right yeah. at the start like it's like fucked up shit like you just get it kind of shows you what this movie is going to be like with the super eight films and stuff mm-hmm. like very grainy and and like stuff like that and i think this movie does it very well yeah um there's a lot of people that kind of do complain about the lighting and stuff in this movie which yeah. i get but like you're supposed to watch scary movies in the dark don't watch them in the fucking daytime <laughs> exactly <laughs> right yeah um so it opens up with this family being hung and they're on the ground and then all of a sudden you see like the this like at first i didn't even notice the saw i just thought like someone's like pulling down the branch but then Mm -hmm. you see like the saw cutting the tree tree branch and then it falls and the family goes up and they start choking Mm -hmm. and there's like two little girls or a son and a girl Mm -hmm. and and then the parents. parents and it's like pretty fucked up like you know the kids like die right away but then the parents are still like kind of like fleeing around and trying to stay alive and mm-hmm. yeah i uh i obviously watched this by myself because sarah doesn't like horror movies mm-hmm. but like i started it and like this scene was happening and she had come out to the kitchen to get like a glass of water or something like that mm-hmm. and she just looks at me she's like what the fuck are you watching I was like sinister. I'm like, have you never seen this? She's like, what the fuck do you think? Yeah. And like, but like, I just envision like her walking out, seeing this family being hung from a goddamn tree. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like, it looks real Mm -hmm. because we learned obviously that it was real. Yeah. Like these people were actually fucking hanging there. Yeah. I don't know what the second take looked like after the original stunt coordinator was fired, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, do they refilm that the same day? Maybe they just used the same footage. (laughs) Maybe, maybe they did. Yeah. Like, Hey, we want to look like a family hanging. Here we go. Here's an actual family hanging. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. So you get that opening and, uh, then we meet um, Allison, which is a name I've never really heard before. But Me either uh, Allison, who is uh, Ethan Hawke, they bought this house. They're moving in, and you learn that Allison is like uh, an author, and he writes on kind of like uncovering truths about murders and stuff like that. Yeah, like I think it'd be interesting. I know they did a sinister too, but mid like 
I think a prequel or like a TV show, like a limited series about, because he talks about like the other places they've been, like how it was like Ohio or something like that, like went mm. badly. Yeah. And his wife is like, please promise this won't happen again. So it'd be interesting to see like what happened in that town. Yeah, it's a good point. Because when you meet the the cops and the sheriff here, the sheriff is like, he does not like him right off the bat. Like, yeah, sheriff comes up and Allison goes out there and he's like, oh, what can I do for you? He's like, it's like I don't like you. And he's like, <laughs> not the first time I've heard that. Like, uh, you don't like our writing and stuff like that. And the sheriff's going on about his, like how he kind of, I think the last place they're talking about, he helped the murderer get released from jail, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the sheriff just isn't like what he does for a living. I feel like because like he almost you would think that it like it almost brings negative attention to the towns that he's writing the books about. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And like, mm-hmm. I imagine I don't know for sure, but I imagine that like certain police forces would try and like cover certain things up. Like maybe that's how yeah. this other guy was able to get out of jail. Like mm-hmm. if the cops covered covered some tracks that they maybe weren't supposed to. Yeah. So he's like exposing the police force. Yeah. And exposing them also like, oh, these murders haven't been solved. Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't these these cops have they not figured it out after you know the first murders? Well, it's from a different state, but yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh Tracy asks him about the house and stuff and he lies but doesn't lie to her and he brings that up at the end of the movie (laughs) and she asks him that we're not living near a house where there's murders like down the road he's like no no he just left something out like (laughs) we're just living living in the house house. (laughs) (laughs) yeah just like man i don't I know it's like his career and stuff, but like at some point you have to think about your family too. Yeah, I agree. And I think he does realize that at the very end of the movie, when whenever they they leave and it's too late. But mm-hmm. even at that point, as soon as he moves into the house and finds that box in the attic, mm-hmm. he killed his family. Like that's it. Yeah. Right. It's almost like Amityville all over again. Right. Like, Mm-hmm. people continuously move into that house but yeah like i i people... like how this one did it different though mm-hmm. like we'll get into like the uncovery of like everything but i like how this one did diff- this different like mm-hmm. it's not the same houses that this is all happening in yeah no it's but i like cool. the way that it's all connected yeah but like i was gonna say like I wouldn't have a problem moving into a house that like somebody died in necessarily, but like mm-hmm. brutal murders like this, like, like the, you, the, the family fucking hung tree from the branch tree. is still there. Yeah, exactly. Like it's still cut from like, like this die like last week. Like what the hell? <laughs> well, and like Tracy brings up too. She's like, our, our kids play in that backyard and he's just mm-hmm. like, so what? And I'm like, dude, yeah. like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, there could yeah. still be fucking remnants of them hanging out of that tree. Like, who knows? Yeah. And, like, the kids don't call this, like, home. Like, the daughter, uh, 
I wrote Tracy down twice for some reason. What's the daughter's name? Uh, Ashley. Ashley. Um, Ashley keeps saying, like, when are we going home and stuff like that. And she likes to paint on her walls, which I think was, like, a good kind of, like, stepping stone to, like, introduce another scene, like, later in the movie with the paint Mm. and stuff. I thought it was a really cool idea. Yeah. And, like, he's telling her, like, oh, just pretend to like this place. And if you don't, then we can go back home or whatever. Yeah, because they bought this as a second house. Like, they didn't sell their previous house before they bought this one. No. Yeah. And, like, Trevor is, like, 12 years old and is kind of getting into his adolescence. So he's, like, Mm -hmm. kind of, like, a bad boy kind of vibe, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's, like, a rock star. Like, he's got long-ass hair. He's always (laughs) got, like, metal music playing from his headphones. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have, like, a couple rules, like, never go in dad's office. And then uh, Allison always has to make sure that his office is locked because mm-hmm. there's a lot of fucked up shit that's in there. He That's where he does all his research. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's got, like, one of those pegboards that, like, the cops use, like, detectives use. And he's got yeah. pictures all over them and, like, the yeah. the yarn connecting all the shit. Yeah. It's yeah. just stuff that you wouldn't want your, like... 10 and 12 year old kids to see yeah and they're like talking about the breakfast table and trevor is like egg on his dad like oh come on just tell me because like the kids of school are going to tell him anyway and then uh uh, tracy was like but the locked door things and she's like i'd rather him hear it like i don't want him to see yeah the images that you see and stuff like that Mm -hmm. which makes sense yeah uh, so he goes up in the attic and he finds this box that's up there already with uh, all these Super 8 um, film reels. So that night, uh, he goes into his office. He's drinking his scotch or whatever and mm-hmm. watching these film reels. And they're like all labeled. There's like uh, one is Cool Party 69, I think was the first one. 66. 66 okay yeah. there's uh barbecue 79 yeah barbecue oh you got in there yeah okay i'll just, just read it off then. <laughs> uh lawn work 86 sleepy time 98 and family hanging out 11 like 2011 mm. um another bit of trivia ethan hawk didn't see any of these snuff films prior to recording or prior to filming i so- believe that especially him watching the sleepy time one yeah so his reaction in the movie is like his legitimate reaction to watching them and it would be hard because like in the sleepy time one they're duct taped to the bed and all of a sudden this knife comes up and slits the throats and then the one kid is when ethan hawk turns away and he can't watch it and just like Mm -hmm. blurred in the background because it's like a little boy that's getting his fucking throat slit yeah yeah what's I don't want to say what's your favorite one, but like, <laughs> which one like kind of resonates with you? Man, they're all so brutal. But the one that I think was the worst is the pool party. Yeah, I agree. Because like, it's they're tough. all tied up in there and the chairs lined down. They're all like lined up mm-hmm. and have these ropes and he just pulls each one in individually. Mm-hmm. It's like... I think that, from what I've heard, drowning is, like, one of the worst ways to die. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, drowning or burning alive. 
the lawnmower one wasn't long enough. Mm-hmm. That was more like a jump scare, I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the barbecue was pretty bad. Because they weren't just like locked in the car. It was like fucking chained up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was no getting out. No. And the gas. Where would you? Where's the gasoline on the car? I, I agree. Pool party for me. Yeah. And like, I feel like that's like the longest one, too. And like, that's the only one that we see Bagul in. Like in. Well, he uh, sees. Well, he sees he, that the first time, but then, as he's doing the research, he keeps seeing Bagul in the other pictures too. Yeah, but I mean, like, this films. is the one where like Bagul is like right there. He's right, not hiding yeah. behind a tree or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so yeah, uh, Allison is like watching all these, and then he's like writing down notes, and from the first hanging one, in the the someone's filming everything, and there's like three kids but then in the hand videos there's only two kids so it's like okay where's the other kid and I like how it does like peace it goes along with allison and him discovering mm-hmm. this like it, it doesn't like give us the answer early we're kind of like learning stuff as he's learning too yeah i like that yeah there's not a lot of like foreshadowing or anything in this movie there's like the odd thing mm-hmm. but yeah, I really like how the story progresses in this one. Mm-hmm. Because like it's not really like it's not like a twisty movie or anything like that, but it also it doesn't it doesn't feed you really any information prior to when we see it on screen. Yeah. Um so Trevor gets these like night terrors. Mm-hmm. Or oh, he's dear. had them in the past. Yeah, and he's getting them again in this this house. Mm-hmm. So in the end, I mean, spoiler if you haven't seen this movie, but Ashley is the one that gets taken to Bagul's uh, realm or whatever, right? Do you think that in these early scenes, whenever Trevor was having the night terrors, that Bagul was trying to like choose which kid he was going to take? Hmm. I just always assumed he took the youngest one. Possibly, yeah. I don't know if it's accurate or not, but mm-hmm. yeah, because it just seemed like like Stephanie looked like she was the youngest one. Like all these kids are very young. There was a couple that looked kind of older, though. A, a little bit. bit older, yeah, maybe. But yeah, but Trevor was in this box. Was it yeah, the this... box that the the film the film was in? Uh, was just like a random moving box i think it might just been a random moving box because it was a pretty big box it was this scene's fucking terrifying man it is (laughs) when i watched it this time i was like holy fuck is he like seeing shit because trevor has like long hair right so he looks like like something like the rain which the rain is like a huge uh inspiration for this movie Mm -hmm. um and like yeah that scene is terrifying yeah He's just like screaming, and then they all come out, like burn him outside. And you know, Allison's like, Look at the stars. And he wakes up, he's like, Why are we outside? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the whole build up, too, right? Like the house is dark. Like this, this you mentioned earlier, like people complain about the darkness of this movie. Like the house is dark often. Very um, dark. Allison doesn't turn lights on ever. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's kind of slowly walking down the hallway, and you can see the box like kind of jitter every now yeah. and then. And he's just kind of like staring at it. And then all of a sudden Trevor fucking comes out, but he goes backwards. Like, yeah, 
like not like his back like doesn't break or anything like that but he just like kind of leans backwards out of it and the mm-hmm. way that his hair falls and the fucking noise that comes out of him man yeah it's fucking wow yeah. like good acting by that kid yeah and after this watch like after it ended i was like you did not see bagul that much in this movie no you don't and like i think he's a sick ass like character and villain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you don't see him that much in this movie it's just like it's very quick very intense and the darkness helps um like create the suspense in this movie like i would say he has like maybe one minute of screen time yeah and like i haven't seen sinister 2 in a long time mm-hmm. i know it's, that people don't like it that much and maybe like i don't know if he's like more in that movie than this one maybe that's why it's like mm-hmm. not as good as this one maybe yeah because they rely too much on like Pagul the character rather than like this kind of investigative mm-hmm. stuff well it's like it's the whole jeepers creepers three thing right like yeah yeah the thing that made the first two so scary is that you don't see him as much mm-hmm. and in three you see him in broad daylight mm-hmm. i find bagul looks like mick thompson from slipknot <laughs> <laughs> that's very accurate very accurate uh that's funny um so yeah this is where you, we already talked about it but you see the rest of the uh the tapes that he finds you know the pool party uh the the sleepy time um i think trevor ends up like drawing the dead family i think in his sleep i think mm-hmm. i think i don't know i forget um the scene with elsa in the attic the first the second time it goes up i think is a really like well crafted in like scary scene yeah like there isn't really any like cheap jump scares like i think they're executed well yeah like this scene i mean like there's a snake like why the fuck would be a snake out there but (laughs) (laughs) where are they i don't remember what state yeah i don't know like maybe it would I make forget. sense that there'd be a snake up there. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, he's up in the attic and um he finds this like uh because he hears like a sound upstairs, he goes up mm-hmm. there and this like it's like kind of like a shoebox, but like not bigger yeah. than a shoebox. And he flips it over, the snake's under there, and then it's a pretty good jump scare. But then yeah. on it is all the drawings of all the families. Mm-hmm. And then you see at each one, it's like Mr. Boogie, Mr. Boogie, Mr. Boogie. Yeah. So he's like kind of like piecing stuff together. Like this might not be like a serial killer mm-hmm. because it's from like what would you say? 66? 66 was the first one. Yeah. To 2011. Yeah. So that's like, I don't know, my math isn't good, but that's like 45 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for that to be one person who's like a living person, mm-hmm. I mean, it's possible, I guess so, but yeah. Uh, then he falls through the ceiling, um, and then the ambulance comes. This is when the deputy so-and-so wants to help him. He's like kind of, if you get this from the start of the movie too, like the sheriff, like he's like, why are you guys hanging around here? Still, he want his autograph? And <laughs> they're like, no. <laughs> then you find out he does like 
really like Allison and he wants his yeah. autograph and Allison gives him a copy of his book and yeah and this is the scene where he's like you know in your books how you have that part where you like you know thank people <laughs> and Allison's like the acknowledgments he's <laughs> like yeah like you know sometimes you have deputy and so-and-so and help me and he's like oh yeah you could actually like <laughs> Find out where these and these happened and see if they're connected. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, you can tell he's like a new cop and he's just, I don't know. He's hes almost starstruck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then uh, Ellison finds the film of him in the attic. So he's getting filmed himself and then he like slows the picture down. Mm-hmm. And then you see all these like, his hands like pulling him down through the roof. Yeah. At that point, he's like, "What the fuck? Like, yeah. I need to. <laughs> so, I need someone else." So, I think this is when Deputy So and So tells him about uh, Professor Jonas. Yeah. And then they find Trevor in the bushes again, having another night terror. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the recall Professor Jonas, who is uh, our boy who you didn't recognize. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But he's basically telling him about Bagul and how he keeps one child for himself and like he feeds on that one child to basically survive in mm-hmm. like our world. Mm-hmm. And then he's looking at a more super eight film. This is where we see the the lawnmower uh yeah. scene. What was it called? The film? Uh Lawnwork. Lawnwork. Nineteen eighty-six. Um, yeah. Uh, very cool scene being filmed. You don't really see much because, like, as soon as like you see the lawnmower like going, and as soon as it gets like the person, it just like this like huge like scream, and then Allison mm-hmm. like freaks the fuck out. Yeah, it was a, a pretty good jump scare, but I kind of like knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. I remember when this first movie first came out, like, because now we've seen it multiple times, so we can kind of pinpoint when the jump scares are going to happen. But like, I remember being fucking scared shitless of this movie back when oh. it first came out. Yeah, it's a scary movie, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so then he hears a, a noise at nighttime. He goes into his office, and the projector is gone. Mm-hmm. So when he goes up in the attic, and he finds the projector on, and all the kids that had died at all the murders are there, and they all look pretty fucking good, man. Mm-hmm. They're scary. Yeah, and they all do like the like this thing yeah they're like watching i forget which murderer it was but uh i don't know but bagul is on the screen oh was he yeah so i don't know if they were just watching him but i love this scene dude like i think this scene is so well shot like he gets up there Mm -hmm. and every kid like synchronized like just turns and looks at him and does like the shushing like you said yeah and it's just like it's super creepy because like the only light that you're getting is the light from the projector mm-hmm. so you can't see their full bodies you can only see like half their faces and shit but yeah like they look dead like they're all beat yeah. up and like yeah decomposing and stuff like that but yeah i just think it's a really good shot mm-hmm. and this is when ellison <clears throat> kind of realizes like okay i fucked up mm-hmm. he grabs the projector in the boxes and goes outside burns them um 
and then there's like a dog that shows up. You see all the kids in the background, and then Tracy comes out, and this is where he kind of tells her like, "I fucked up," and mm-hmm. tells her that like, "Oh, that tree right there, yeah, family died on that tree." <laughs> and she obviously freaks out, and you know, and so then they finally do end up leaving the house. Um, we missed a big part. Which part? We missed their big fight about her, like finding out that this is the house that, yeah, that the murder yeah. happened. Because like, yeah. the daughter uh, Ashley, oh she, yeah, yeah, she draws the dead girl's face on her wall. Yeah, with all the people hanging, and then like mm-hmm. the ghoul's face, which looked really fucking sick, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And then, so this is when Tracy like really questions them, and they go. Uh, they go in their own room and she's fucking railing on him. And she's like, I asked you if we moved into the house that the murders happened in. She's like, no, you didn't. You asked if it was two doors down. Yeah. And she's like, I'll oh, fuck off. And like, yeah, know, it's a big argument. <laughs> Basically she's saying like, at what point are you going to put your family over your work? Yeah. Yeah. But like, and he says like, what am I going to do? Like fucking teach. Yeah. Like, uh, I forget what he says, but something with like textbooks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He's like, this is all I have. This is my legacy, but it's like, okay, but your family can also be your legacy. Yeah. And I really like how she turned that around on him because he's, he said, this is my life's work and my work is my legacy. And she goes, no, your life's work is being married to me and your children will be your legacy. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I thought it was good. Yeah. It, was, it was a good way for her to turn it around. Yeah. But I mean, you kind like, I don't want to say he's a piece of shit, but like borderline, he's almost there. Yeah. Putting his family in this, in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously he never would have dreamed that this was going to be the result of moving no. there. But like, you kind of feel for him in a way because this is his life's work. Like this is what he does. He's a true crime writer. It's all he mm-hmm. knows how to do. And yeah, maybe there's been some botched jobs in the past, mm-hmm. but I mean, like what else is he supposed to do? Like this is, he's, <laughs> he's got his dream job. We can assume this is what he wants. Yeah. This is what he feels his life's purpose is. Mm-hmm. And he probably has helped people in the past by, writing these books yeah and his previous books must be successful as hell because yeah she clearly doesn't work right mm-hmm. and if they, they have two afford, mortgages yeah two mortgages yeah so but anyways yeah uh, so we had to backtrack a little bit but yeah it's not good so uh so yeah now the they're kids. leaving packed up the kids leaving the house he tells her like we need to leave right fucking now. Like I fucked up. We should have never came here. Um, and they're leaving and they got pulled over by the sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> and sheriff's like, why are you speeding this late at night? And mm. Allison's like, just follow your advice. Leaving town, <laughs> never looking back. Yeah. It looks in his back seat and the sheriff, like he's pretty right to do this. He asked him like, for people bullying you like mm-hmm. in the town? Because like, I don't want you to write your book that my town bullied you and treated you like a piece of shit. Yeah. And he's like, nope, just not writing the book. And the mm-hmm. sheriff like kind of like 
not writing the book, eh? Actually, he's like, <laughs> yep. And then the wife uh, looks at him, like, are you serious? Like, you're not writing the book? And he's like, nope. And she hugs him and embraces him. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then the sheriff, like, all right, I guess I don't need your autograph, rips up the ticket, <laughs> <laughs> lets him go. He goes, keep it under 60 until you hit the state line. Then I don't have to worry about you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So they get back to their, I guess, the house that they own, their real home. Mm-hmm. And he makes one last call to uh, Professor. And Professor has, like, learned all the stuff about Bagul and basically tells him what we already kind of knew. Like, he feeds on children to, like, stay in our world. And then Allison asks him, like, oh, what if we burn the images so we can't come into our world? Mm-hmm. And then um, I forget. I'll literally say anything. They just kind of like hands up is like, okay, thanks. Well, because like Bagul dates back to like ancient civilizations. Yeah. And Jonas shows him pictures of like cave drawings. Like this is how far back it goes. Um, And, uh, and Allison's like, well, where's the rest of them? He's like, they've all been destroyed mm-hmm. because they've, they, these ancient civilizations believe that Bagul lives in the images. And if they have these images, then mm-hmm. he is able to come into our world through them. Yeah. Um, and that's when you mentioned that Allison brings up burning all of the things, mm-hmm. um, all the Super 8 tapes. And uh, like all the while this is happening, De- Deputy So-and-so is continuously trying to get a hold of them. Yeah. Because he found out information um, that, uh, so like the family that got hung used to Mm -hmm. live in the house where the uh, Uh, lawnmower, probably. Lawnmower was 86, uh, Sleepy Time, lived in the Mm -hmm. house where Sleepy Time happened. The Sleepy Time family used to live in the house where the lawnmower happened. The lawnmower family used to live in the house where the barbecue happened and the barbecue one used to live in the house where the pool party happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this house, um, so what deputy so-and-so says, is like, he's like, you, you moving out of this house probably just fast tracked his timeline. Yeah. Because now your house is going to be the house that like a next, another family is going to move in and like have the same mm-hmm. sort of thing happen. Yeah. Which is cool. Like, I thought it was a really cool twist how mm-hmm. they did it. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think of the ending? Uh, what happens? Oh, he finds the, finds an envelope of uh, extended cuts, I guess we could say, like director's cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and he stupidly fucking splices them all together and rewatches them. But we see that he's got a coffee mug. And he's got a little note from Ashley and it says, good night, daddy on it. Yeah. And he's drinking the coffee while he's watching these. And while he's watching them, we get the, the full story of what happens, right? Like, mm-hmm. so with the, mm-hmm. the hanging, we see Stephanie climb down out of the tree um, with the, the barbecue one. We see the kid step out in front of the camera and like, it's the kid that lit the car on fire. And like, it's yeah. the kid that pulled all the fucking bodies into the swimming pool. So we learn that all these missing kids are the kids who killed their families. Mm -hmm. And then as he's watching this, he's starting to get lightheaded. And then he looks down into his cup and there's like a green liquid in the cup. Yeah. So then he passes out. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then Ashley, uh, how does she? Oh, with an axe. She kills yeah. kills the family with an axe. Yeah. And her drawing is so fucked up, man, because we don't see exactly how she kills them. We just see her all covered yeah. in blood. Yeah. But then she has a drawing and it says mommy, uh, Trevor. Yeah. And uh, like their head is severed. And like their torsos cut into like three sections. Yeah. So like yeah. she chopped them up. Yeah. Yeah. How does she kill Ellison? Same way with an axe? Yeah. Same thing with an axe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, you don't see then, it happen, but like you assume that they're dead. Then she like walks over with the axe. And then you see like all the kids, all the, like the hallways are like covered in blood, like drawings. Mm-hmm. And then you see like the kids like run away. Mm-hmm. And then you just see Bagul come up behind her and just pick her up and just carry her down the hallway. Yeah. And then so what do you ends, think of the ending, though? Like, the very ending? Like, do you, no, like, do you like that Allison and his family died? Oh, yeah, no, I do like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like, it, it makes total sense, and it would be stupid for them not to. Yeah. Like, yeah. not every movie needs a happy ending. No. And I think, like, this movie really kind of fucks with you in that sense, because, like, you think like okay they've moved out of this house now mm-hmm. so everything's gonna be fine and then like he has that phone call with deputy so-and-so and you're like okay like he's probably gonna figure out how to save his family yeah but he doesn't obviously no so i like how it how it wrapped all up mm-hmm. i think it was good yeah and we get one last jump scare at the very end ah. I, I didn't get me, but yeah. I mean, you're supposed to. It's supposed to get you. Yeah. Um. There's another reel labeled with house painting 2012. And then Bagul appear like his face like jolts right into up. the camera. Yeah. yeah. And uh, implying that we're next. Yep. And it ends. Yeah. I don't remember what happens in part two either to be honest like yeah i know i've seen it but yeah i was gonna my plan was to watch that before we recorded but then i was like i don't want it to because it's been so long since i've watched it like i didn't want it to kind of bleed in with this movie mm-hmm. like i didn't want to i don't know not be able to separate the two of them while we were talking mm-hmm. but maybe now that i've we've talked about it maybe i'll watch it yeah because it's free yeah. on prime i know First one wasn't. The second yeah. one is. Uh, anything uh, else you want to mention or bring up? I don't think so. Nope. Alrighty. Well, that's the way the blood splatters. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I read too that uh, the the fucking ratings board wanted to give this an R. No. Can't remember what it was. Thought I want to give it an. R. Pardon? But it was. It was. 14, yeah. 14A. Never mind. Yeah. It is 14A? Yeah. It's pretty intense. It is. For a 14A movie. Like, yeah. There's not a lot of like blood and gore, but I mean, just the, the subject content is mm-hmm. pretty intense. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, would you rate this movie? Uh, so for my story, I give it an eight out of 10. Um, like with most like ghost movies, there isn't much, like it's all kind of the same stuff, but I felt like this one, they, 
they it's like a two-hour movie so they really like let the whole story kind of like play out in the mm-hmm. full two hours uh i think the bagul character is really cool and creepy you don't really see him too much but just like his story i think is really cool mm-hmm. um i did like all the characters in this movie uh, i thought the actors did a great job um i like how like the sheriffs are kind of playing into that uh like allison's character how they they don't like him because he's kind of taken away from their mm-hmm. shine or is kind of degrading them a little bit with how he works um so yeah eight out of ten and then uh quality also gave it an eight out of ten uh, okay. i think it's just a really well-made movie um the editing the way it's shot the super eight films all of that was done really well uh mm-hmm. the sound editing was good i thought the score was done really well um so yeah eight out of ten for both nice uh my story i also gave it an eight out of ten Okay. Uh, I second everything that you said. Like the, it is a ghost story, and it did come out in an era of ghost movies. But this one, like, it really changed it. Like, this one didn't feel like a ghost story to me. No. Like, I know we have like this demon that's kind of controlling it, but like this, mm-hmm. it was more like a creepy kid sort of thing. And I really enjoyed. We've already talked about it, but I really enjoyed how we were learning what was happening while it was happening. Like we didn't have any information that Ethan Hawke's character didn't have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It was almost like we were reading a book and like finding yeah. everything out at the same time. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything with creepy kids is, is good. Uh, quality. I gave it a nine out of 10. Okay. Um, I thought the acting was amazing. the The score was really good, and it was all uh, it was all like they just found this music, like they found artists oh, online, really? and they like pick picked and chose who they wanted based on like how weird their music was, basically, because the the score is very weird. Mm-hmm. Like, the soundtrack is very weird. Um, I love the sound of the projector that we hear like often throughout the movie. Um. The like because it's it's a very dark house, it's a very dark setting, which is somewhat detrimental at times, but it works for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like as always, Ethan Hawke was amazing. He is such a fucking great horror actor, and he doesn't yeah. get a whole lot of recognition for his horror movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and the the kid actors were good. All the kid actors were good. Bagul was a super creepy character. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoy this one. Very nice. All right. You guys know our scores. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. The critics consensus. It's plot hinges on typically implausible horror movie behavior and recycles countless genre cliches, but sinister delivers a surprising number of fresh diabolical twists. So what do you think the critics scored it? I'll go uh, 86. You're so far off. 63. Excuse me? Yeah. Really? Yeah, man. I thought critics love this movie. No, apparently not. Jeez. So yeah, 63% on 158 reviews and an average score of 6.3 out of 10. 
the audience score is equally as surprising. 62% on 50,000 ratings and an average score of 3.5 out of 5. I thought people love this movie. <laughs> I mean, the average score is not bad. No. But the percentage is kind of shitty. Damn. <clears throat> yeah. So what's Letterboxd have for us? Letterboxd has a 3.3 out of 5. Uh, we both rated a 4 out of 5. Erica from Horror Cafe, 4.5. Uh, Jess from HMC, a 4 out of 5. Our buddy Alan, a 3 out of 5. XHR Pod, 4 out of 5. Um, I know Josh rated it somewhere. 4.5 out of 5. I think Jensen was a three out of five. Realistically, four or four point five is uh, Anthony a four, three and a half. Okay. So yeah, all kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's lower than a three point five. Kick rocks, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. All right, you ready for the scare section? Yes, sir. Okay, what'd you give for a scare rating? Scare rating, I give it a six out of ten. Okay. Um, the atmosphere and the setting is filmed really well, where it is pretty scary and intense. There is a couple jump scares in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, six out of ten. All right. Uh, scariest scene, I'll go with uh the second attic. Actually, no, scratch that. I'll go with the lawnmower scene because. Okay. The, the jump scare, the really like loud noise it makes is like pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting to see like some gore and stuff like that, but then like jump scare kind of threw it off. So mm. go with that scene. Alright. And would I survive if I moved into this house unknowingly, then I would obviously die. I don't think I would have a chance. <laughs> but I wouldn't move into it knowing like if it was Ethan Hunt's character, I would no, I wouldn't move in, so I would survive. So, yeah. kind of guess and no. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. What about you? My scare rating, I give it an 8 out of 10. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Creepy-ass dead kids. Uh, mm-hmm. Very dark setting. The snuff films were fucking intense, man. Like, this is the first time we really saw something like this. Yeah. That I can remember anyways. Maybe it's not the first time, but I mean... They're pretty fucking wild. And like Bagul is, he's a very creepy character. I know we don't see him very often. And that is what makes him so creepy. Cause you're just like, when are we going to see him? Where is he? Is he going to fucking jump out? He's never super in your face until like the very end. Mm -hmm. Um, And like the odd time, whenever he's watching the super eight film, like you'll see Bagul move. And then he'll move back and it's like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. And I think like the whole ambiance of like the super eight films too, is just creepy. Like it's very mm. grainy. You hear the clicking yeah. of the projector. Like you see the cigarette burns in the corner. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just very creepy. Mm. Uh, scary scene. I did say the second attic trip, whenever he okay. finds all the kids yeah. watching the tape, I originally had it as Trevor coming out of that box. 
<laughs> that is a good one. That scene was creepy too, but yeah. yeah, I changed it to this one. Um, the jump scare is effective. Like, you know, it's coming, but it just works. Mm-hmm. Would I survive? Uh, I said no, because mm-hmm. we have four kids. So we're outnumbered by two. Oh, um, okay. I like that. Yeah. And our oldest is super creative. Um, and our second kid is fucking batshit crazy. So I think like with the, and like, then we have two infants and I don't think they're going to do anything, but if they get older, well, when they get older, but like, so I think with the direction of Bagul, I think my kids could fuck me up, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. That's all I got. Very nice. I don't know what you're picking, but I'm very excited to hear what you've decided. Well, I mean, you had some ideas. I didn't know if maybe you changed your mind or. No, Uh, we did mention it already this episode, I think, but uh, I am picking The Conjuring. All right. Sweet. Yep. I can't believe we haven't done that movie. I know. I know. Like, honestly, it's (laughs) it's up there for me. It's one of my favorite horror movies. It's scary, man. It is very, very scary. That might be like, uh, it's been a minute since I've watched it, but like that might be almost a 10. Yeah, I rewatched it last year or the year before. And mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's it's scary. It is. Yeah, so. Sweet. Right. Yep. The Conjuring. The Conjuring. And we're going to have to get creative for the last two. I already have an idea for one of them. So, yeah, I do too. But I saw horror cafes doing that movie, so I don't know if I want to. If we should, if we should do it at the same time as them, but whatever. I mean, who cares? Maybe we will. We'll see. Cool. But, anyways, yeah. Uh, If you guys want to catch us on social media, you can find us at a podcast on Elm Street on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you click the link in our bio on Instagram, you'll find links to our T Public account where we have our merch. Uh, there's a link to our um, Patreon account if you wish to support the podcast that way. And there's links to each of our individual letterboxed accounts, our Discord server, and anywhere that you can listen to us. Yes, Thank sir. you again for listening. I'm very excited for this month because these are movies that we should have fucking done by now. Yeah. They're all going to be good. We know that we're going to enjoy them. Yes. It's just a matter of sitting down and talking about them. Yeah. So. And I'm very excited. So, yes. Yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week. See you later.